It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up a little later, I'm going to talk about you ripping yourself off through the remainder of Christmas shopping season. I'm going to tell you what to be careful doing. Maybe don't do it at all. You'll have to listen to find out what I'm talking about. It's a riddle, right? And coming up later yet, yet another large school failure of for-profit colleges and trade schools. The implications for the students, uh, it's terrible. And the implications for your and my wallet, that's ugly too. I'm going to tell you why it's so important to be careful where you choose to go to school and What you don't know in that area, well, it can really eat you up. So there's a trend underway that is one that's confounding a lot of the world's largest companies. And that is year after year after year, for a decade, the number of cell phones being purchased in the United States and around the world was skyrocketing. And then all of a sudden, just bam, people were no longer interested in large numbers buying a new cell phone in the United States and then more recently overseas. So the number of cell phones being purchased around the world is going down, down, down. The reason it happened here before it happened elsewhere, and the trend is only magnified in the United States, is we used to have this system that we're pretty much the only place on earth that had that we paid these massive amounts for monthly service for cell phone service and were uh, prisoners in two-year contracts that we had to sign with the cell phone carriers. And in return for paying way too much for monthly service and being stuck with the company whether they treated us like dirt or not, we then would get the latest, greatest cell phones subsidized by the cell phone carrier. A miserable experience for people. In fact, satisfaction with cell phone carriers has done nothing but go up since the demise of the rotten, terrible, awful two-year contract. Because now companies have to earn your business instead of conning you into signing a contract and then spitting on you every day. So once people had to pay the actual real price for a cell phone, people started looking at the one they had already, and they were like, you know what? This one's pretty good. It's working just fine. I'm going to keep it. And so this has caused all kinds of heartache throughout the industry. You know, Apple, with their price cuts they've done, the last week, and who knows how they'll continue, is an acknowledgement that at the price points phones are being sold, even in Apple's strongest market in the world, they're having trouble moving product. And this is after that already became obvious with Samsung, the nation's, uh, the world's largest seller of cell phones, as Samsung had to start doing heavy promotions and discounts to get you to buy one of their phones. But these two tech titans, Samsung dominant in the world, Apple 
um, most powerful cell phone seller in the United States, they're not at all happy about people saying, what I got's just good enough. I'm not going to spend $1,000 on a new phone. So two trends at once. One, there are now a large number of very good cell phones that are available now that you can buy new. Uh, They are all Android, by the way, that you can buy that are between $200 and $350. There's one in particular I've been testing now for 90 days that is incredibly good called the Nokia 7.1. Nokia 7.1 full retails $349. You'll probably find discounting available on it. And it is a great phone. It's the same screen size as the iPhone XS. Actually, it's slightly larger than the XS. And the phone's very responsive, very quick. Um, the camera is the only thing I'd say. It's a decent camera, not outstanding. Everything else about the phone is top drawer, battery life, everything. And that's just one trend that in the 200 to, uh, I was hoping it would be 200 to 300, really 200 to 349, there are a lot of great phones. But what you're going to see emerge in probably late January is you're going to start hearing the first pushes for you that you need to buy a new 5G phone. 5G. It's going to be fantastic. Not at first. If you buy a 5G phone, which is the new ultra-fast network, which is much faster than even fast home internet connections, but it's all wireless, it's going to take three years for 5G to fully shake out. Let the early adopters pay way too much money for a 5G phone Next year, you wait, and when the network seems to support it and the handsets have gotten cheaper, that will probably be a natural cycle for you to say, yeah, this phone I have is great, but it's not good enough because having a network that runs at a speed so fast that when you input something on your cell phone, the screen has changed before your eyes can realize it's changed. That's what 5G does. And by the way, it's cheaper to provide the service than today's cellular carrier 4G networks. But at first, they're going to probably try to surcharge 5G. Yet another reason why to hold off till they get smart on the pricing and sensible on the pricing. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, David. It is an honor to speak with you because you are the, just the greatest. You are a true American hero in my eyes. Well, you are so kind to say that. I guess you haven't met a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was wondering, my wife and I have qualified for the Senior Olympics in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico this year. And I am wondering... Wow, what, what, wait, wait, what sport are you going to do? Uh, we're doing volleyball. No way. 
Yeah, yeah, we uh, we we play three four times a three four times a week here at home, and uh, we both qualified um, in the state games in Ohio um, to go to the Senior Olympics in uh, New Mexico next year. That is great. So yep. So in addition to be f- fitness uh, and health wise, we have a, a fit. Uh, uh, investment plans and everything else thanks to clark howard so where in ohio do you live Uh, we live in the dayton ohio area all right so that's so great because you have the the dayton airport doesn't have a lot of air service anymore but you have columbus which has really ramped up air service including from a lot of discounters that's an hour and 10 minutes from you depending on where you live in dayton you have um, Indianapolis, which is about, is that two hours away? Yeah, it's about an hour and a half to, to hour 45 minutes. So. And then you have Cincinnati Airport, which is actually in Kentucky. Yes, So Covington. with you having four airports, your ability to find a deal to Albuquerque is phenomenally better than it is if you only, if you were in what's called an island market, where you only had mm-hmm. one airport that was convenient to you to fly to Albuquerque from? Okay. Yes, I definitely um, do price comparisons for all the airports in our area to try to get the best deal. And what Um, month is the Senior Olympics? It's in June. And that's part of my question is right now the gas prices are low. And I didn't know if gas prices um, affected current airfare costs. So it might be better to book our trip now. They don't. Or wait for the more important, more later on down the road. Yeah, wait down the road because even as airlines may, um, what happens when fuel prices stay down for a reasonable length of time Airlines increase the amount of routes they fly and the number of aircraft they have on their route network. But it's, you know, they make these plans on route networks over a lengthy period of time. They just don't, because you're seeing gasoline in a lot of low cost markets in the United States at a dollar something a gallon again, mm-hmm. it doesn't immediately translate. Besides, a lot of airlines do what's called hedge their fuel purchases. So they're already locked in on fuel prices no matter what happens with the barrel of oil in the short term. So it's market forces that matter more. And in your situation with four airports you can choose from, what I would do is I would actually set up four fare alerts for June on google.com slash flights. Okay. And set up one out of Indianapolis, Columbus, Cincinnati and Dayton and then you click a button do you have a gmail account yes I do all right so you click a button and it will alert you to your gmail anytime the fare drops to any of the four okay and what you're looking for in June is any fare at or below $200 would be the price that you'd want to pay from Ohio or Indiana to get to Albuquerque. Okay. One thing that's not covered on Google Flights, Southwest doesn't participate. Okay. And Southwest is very important in the Albuquerque market. They may be the dominant airline in Albuquerque. So you'll need to manually check Southwest fares. Every time you get an alert of a sale on others, you go manually on Southwest website and see what they've got from the airports they fly out of 
which uh, they fly out of Indianapolis, Columbus. I don't remember if they fly out of Cincinnati, and I don't, I don't think they fly out of Dayton. But any of those, that would be where you want to be looking. And do well in the Olympics. Tom is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Tom. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Tom. I hope I can yeah, be of hey. service to you today. Yeah, thanks. Well, I, I'm thinking more now that I, uh, I'll i be of service at least where I can. I had a question for you last week that I, it made me think that all the experts in social, social security were wrong and that the system would be fine forever. After doing a little math over the weekend, I realized that as of today, it takes three and a half of us to support one retiree and then down the road, it goes down to as low as two. So I'm back to panic mode, and I just figured I'd pass that on. And How uh, old are you, Tom? 60. All right, I'm 63, and I'm not particularly worried about us, but I'm, uh, I do have concerns about what kind of Social Security benefit, the size of the checks that people will see who are 45 and under. And let's say people um, mid-40s to early 50s, maybe a slight worry, and people early 50s to our age, no worry really at all. Oh, that's great. That's now, great. Social Security would not stop if Congress never adjusts any of the formulas, but what would happen, we could reach a point where the size of people's Social Security checks would take a haircut. But my guess is before anything like that would happen, and it's what's happened in the past, is our little children in the Congress will become adults for a day, and they will actually make the tough decisions they have to to make Social Security solvent for the longer haul. Yeah, the numbers look, as of today, I know it's painful for many of us with uh, four people taking care of one. It just, it seems like a decent system, but yeah, when it drops. Yeah, demographics one, demographics are a curse for us right now. And right. so you were completely right in, a, in the vacuum of a lack of any action. But I think it's certain that probably later than they should, though, that the Congress will address the issues with Social Security. Because if suddenly people's benefits started being cut, woo, yeah, you wouldn't want to be a politician then. Today's Clark Rage's moment is about you and me and what we do to rip off our own wallets. Do you know what breakage is? It's a term used in the financial industry and retail, and it's part of every retailers plans of any size and why they push gift cards so heavily through the rest of christmas breakage is how many gift cards are not redeemed latest estimate is that the purchases this year that will never be redeemed of gift cards will exceed a billion dollars somewhere between one and two billion dollars probably collectively the problem is a lot of times people forget where they put a gift card, or it's for a place they really aren't that excited about. I know I'm very um, unsentimental with this, 
but I'd rather you go to Dollar Tree, buy somebody a greetings card, write a nice message in it, and slap cash in that greetings card and give them that. Cash is king this way because you've expressed your nice thoughts with the 50 cents you spent on the gift card, on the um, greeting card. You don't have to worry that you gave them a gift card to a place they don't like or a gift card to a place that ends up going out of business. And the cash you give them, they can spend any old place they want. So think about it. Don't be part of the breakage. Don't have somebody smiling at you and not realize behind the scenes, why did they ever think I ever wanted to shop at that store? They don't have to think about it if you give them cash, right? Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where you learn ways to keep more of what you make. And by the way, you have a question for me? Go to clark.com slash ask, post away. So yet another series of schools have folded. And we have had a rash of this with for-profit educational institutions over the last few years with so many closing their doors, obviously no notice to students when a school gets in financial trouble. And so students have taken out student loans. They are obligated to those loans. They've devoted their time and hopes to attending a particular school, and then the school folds. I remember one of the schools that just folded is called Virginia College. And you may have seen their signs around the country, you know, the billboards and stuff. And not to be confused with University of Virginia or anything like that. And the, there was a company that was called uh, Education Corporation of America that had campuses all around America with a bunch of different names. And uh, we have a list of the names at Clark.com of the schools that are closing. And this one was one of the largest for-profit chains in the country with tens of thousands of students, almost all of them, on the federal student loan program. Now, I got something to say to you if you are one of those students. The education department is hostile to the law right now. You have a full right to petition for and should receive loan forgiveness for loans, for courses that you have registered for, that you are in, that money has been borrowed under the federal program, for a school that is closing without you being able to complete the courses. Period. I don't care what lies the education department tells you. You have that right under the law. And if you get blown off, you push back and push back again. There's a lot of information you'll find online searching um, how to get loans. It's not forgiveness, by the way. It's loan cancellation when a school fails and closes. So when that happens, if you get really the brush off from the Department of Education, look around online, 
and see how others are navigating that process for a failed school. Also, it's there's nothing inherently wrong with going to a for-profit educational institution. The danger has been, because of the way the federal student loan program works, and because of new rules just issued by the education department to make it open season on potential students, you have to be aware the system is stacked to try to give influential campaign contributors who open for-profit fly-by-nights access to the federal student loan program to get people signed up for student loans. I shared with you recently that it's extra important right now to do as much digging as you can about any school that's trying to recruit you to go there. And the most important truth serum is to talk to employers in the field you'd be studying to find out where they look for people to hire out of training programs, trade schools, or schools, and where they find they get their best workers from. When you hear a consistent answer in the area where you live, that's where you want to attend. Very often it might be a state-supported trade or technical college with teensy tiny tuitions that you don't even seek out because they don't seek you out. They don't send out high-pressure commission recruiters to try to get you to sign up for a school. I know, I know. The rules say there's not supposed to be high-pressure commission recruiters. You can say that all you want. I know how the system really is playing out. Aziza is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi. Hi, Clark. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good. So somebody is a would-be employer who says they're sending you money? Tell me how that works. Okay, I was um, interviewed on Google Hangout. I passed the test. I was hired, and immediately he sent me an electronic check via email for $1,500. For how much? By $1,500. Why would somebody send you $1,500 if you hadn't actually started doing any work no. yet? Okay, this was work from home, so I need to buy the laptop, printer all-in-one, supplies, sort of kind of like that. So he asked me who I was banking with, Uh-oh. and then he asked me to deposit this check and send him the screenshot. So Does the criminal went, have your checking account number? No, no, sir. Okay, so you didn't actually do that stuff. No, I just downloaded the bank app, and I don't know how to do it, so I went to the bank and asked them to help me do it. And they said, it looks like a fraud, and we won't help you. Oh, my goodness. I love your bank. (laughs) I love them. Whoever it was at the bank branch you went to who smelled a rat and, Uh and didn't want to give you that information... Oh, they are my heroes of today. And they asked me to get a, a heart check to mail it to me. So I called that person, and he said he will be sending it uh, expedited mail. Okay. But until today, I haven't received anything. Okay, that's because this is totally a scam. And what the individual sounds like they were trying to do at first is they were trying to get what's known as your transit numbers of your account 
and then they can empty out of your account whatever money is there. Oh my God. Yeah. So the, the they were probably stealing funds from somebody else where okay. they were planning to wire them to you and then they were going to steal that money right back and then you're left with no money at all and you'd owe the money to the people whose money was stolen. Okay. So, so don't have any other conversations with please. these criminals. Um, okay. Thereafter, I received two more calls for the same kind of interviews, and I told them I'm not interested. That's that's work. great. So the whole thing with is a ruse where they supposedly do an interview with you on, you mentioned Google Hangouts, whatever way they're doing that interview, whether it's an online chat or anything like that, when they start saying, yes, you passed the screening, we're hiring you for the job, and we're just going to go ahead and send you money. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope. And you won't believe what they offered me, $20 for training during the training period. $20 an hour? Yes, sir. And $35 uh, after the training. And that is also for an administrative assistant job. Yeah, totally lying to you. I'm really sorry. The good news is they didn't get any of your money. No, sir. I did check my account. Yeah, so that's great. And I'm just really, really thankful to the people at the bank that did such a good thing for you and kept you from losing a lot of money because... If you're looking for work, Aziza, you weren't trying to lose any money you have, and that's exactly what would have happened with these crooks. Christopher's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Christopher. Good afternoon, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Christopher. All right, so you're a show-off. What are you doing already? Uh, well, I've been listening to you since I was first driving because I only had an AM radio, so I've uh, learned a lot about planning for retirement, so I'm maxing up my retirement account each year. That's fantastic. But right now, it doesn't feel so fantastic, does it? Well, this year hasn't been that great. Yeah. How old are you? I am 30 years old. Okay, so Christopher, this is weird math, but this is just fact. All right, so are you doing well-diversified? Are you doing like um, index funds or target retirement fund or something like that with the maxing out your retirement? retirement fund? Okay. So you're in a well-diversified portfolio in a target retirement fund, and through your job, you're putting in money every pay period, right? Uh, actually, it's, a, it's an IRA, excuse me. Okay. So with an IRA, you doing Roth or regular? Roth. Okay. So, you know, uh, 2019, you can do $500 every month because the amount's gone up to $6,000. Mm-hmm. So as you... if if the stock market has a really stinking year uh, in 2019 or 2020 or whenever it is, it's, I know this is bonkers, but it actually makes you wealthier 30 years from now. Declines in the market while you're young create more wealth for you later because every month, if you put 500 in every month, that buys you more shares when share prices are depressed. That makes perfect sense. My only main question was, I, I do a little bit of saving over the time when I got my tax returns, and I was debating whether or not it was a better idea to put it all in the beginning of the year and just max it out at January 1st 
or if it's better to do it on a month to month that way when the market goes down I'm buying more so I'm a huge fan of doing what is simply called dollar cost averaging putting money in every month spreading it out over not just the the year of 2019 but every year that you do it monthly rather than in lump sums and the reason is mathematically over the decades you end up with more money if you just lump sum in every January. But the problem is we're not machines. And if you lump sum 6000 in in January and suddenly there's a big decline in the market, let's say in March, you feel that pain so much to the degree that you might even change your investments to something less appropriate for you only being 30 years old to something way too conservative so Uh i love the dollar cost averaging because you ride with the market and temporary changes in the market down don't freak you out the way they do when you lump some in sure and i mean even even the changes that i'm seeing right now i I understand it i'm not pulling my money out for a long time so it's just going to ride well, if you are someone who has ice water in your veins, <laughs> it's okay for you to lump some. If, on the other hand, if things got really rough with the market and you saw your account just shrinking right before your eyes, then you are better off just staying like almost, uh, not everybody, but most people, just doing the monthly c- contributions. Okay, thank you very much. So are you ice water man or are you someone who is going to stay doing monthly? Uh, for the most part, I'll, I'll probably just stick to doing it in the lump sums just because it, I get it done in the beginning of the year. I don't have to worry about it. And I understand that, you know, I don't lock in any of these losses until I pull the money out. So as long as I'm letting it in there, it's got time to make up for itself. All right. I am so impressed with you, Christopher, because I don't ever talk to anybody who in the face of a decline has that ice water. And that's great. So thank you. Keep that attitude because remember, eye on the goal, eye on the target. Down the road is what counts. And you've got so many decades that what happens with us uh, eventually moving into a bear market at some point, it's natural cycle, that you don't let that sway you and you stay on your goal. And that's how you end up financially secure. Gordon is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Clark. Gordon, you are a loyal Amazon Prime member, and they have annoyed you. How's that? Well, I listen to your show when I get a chance, and I believe I heard you, I believe I learned this from your show, was that Amazon Prime, or Amazon was offering Amazon Prime to non-Amazon Prime members during the holiday season. Close. I was just wondering what exactly... Was their plan to compensate those of us that pay for it on a regular basis, or did you know of anything? Okay, so here's the story. What they've done is they have muddied their message about why you should pay $120 a year for Amazon Prime, because what they're doing is, if you are not an Amazon Prime member, you're still eligible for free shipping on a huge amount of the items sold on Amazon with no minimum purchase, but you don't get two-day shipping. So you're going to expect items to come in about a, a week or so if you don't have the Prime membership, 
where the prime promise is that once they've put your item, uh, once they've shipped your item, you're supposed to have it in two days if you're a prime member. In addition, as they are quick to point out, you get the prime instant video. And are you a consumer who uses that or is that not something that you've been using? Yes, I do watch Prime Video. And so if you, their argument with that is that if you look at what Netflix costs, that getting the Amazon Prime Video is an equivalent and you're paying for your membership just with that. Now, remember, I'm just telling you their party line, okay? Right. You also have the uh, Prime Music service that you get for free if yes. you're a Prime member. So the way they couched this and positioned it is that, yeah, they they are giving free shipping to anybody, but it's not the same quality free shipping, and they don't get any of the other things. So okay. probably after Christmas, they will eliminate the free shipping for non-Prime members, but this was a defensive move on their part because they're feeling some heat from Target and from Walmart. Understood. So... Uh, do you feel like they've ripped you off still? Well, I mean, the the, the selection on Prime Video and the, the music is not quite what it would be with other services. They, there is a reduced selection, but still, I guess I'm getting some value out of it. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're moderately happy or unhappy instead of miserably unhappy. Exactly. Got it. Okay. And we'll see what they do after Christmas because the pressure from Target isn't going away. In fact, in the financial press, there's a lot of rumors that, as best I know, have no basis in fact, that Amazon is so annoyed with the resurgent Target that they're going to buy Target so that they won't be there as a competitive nuisance. And we'll see. I'd be surprised if that would pass antitrust muster anyway. But I think it's cool that they're slugging it out like they are. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.